Welcome to Impacting Jamaica, where we shine the spotlight on the many but often ignored positive happenings, activities, projects and investments at every level across every sector to inspire, motivate and excite people everywhere. Impacting Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation, the Jamaica Public Service Company, Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited, Red Stripe, Kyramed and Proven Investments Limited. Groundwater is invisible, but its impact is visible everywhere. Out of sight, under our feet, groundwater is a hidden treasure that enriches our lives. Almost all of the liquid water in the world is groundwater. As climate change gets worse, groundwater will become more and more critical. We need to work together to sustainably manage this precious resource. Groundwater may be out of sight, but it must not be out of mind. It is with these words that World Water Day was launched this year under the theme, Groundwater, Making the Invisible Visible. Today, I speak with Mr. Peter Clark, the Managing Director of the Water Resources Authority, Jamaica. March 22 is being celebrated as World Water Day. And of course, they're celebrating for the entire week under the theme, groundwater making the visible invisible. And so I want to ask um, you to just explain um, the, your role is protecting water resources. And right. I want to know how important our groundwater resources um, are to, to us here in Jamaica, because we hear that majority of the water is underground. And that is true. Right. Morning, Zaydi. Um, just to introduce myself, my, I am Peter Clark. I'm the managing director of the Water Resources Authority. And the Water Resources Authority's responsible, responsibility is to, is to allocate and, and to manage water resources across Jamaica. So this is the freshwater resources. So our concern with the marine environment, which is the oceans and the seas itself are very, very limited. Um, and it would largely be with what happened, what would happen in terms of um, outflows to into that environment. So we're concerned with the freshwater. Um, the, the, the authority, Water Resources Authority operates under the Water Resources Act of 1995. And um, this is, this is a, a prime, this, this, this was a, uh, a, a very important uh, milestone because what it meant was that officially and by all kinds of laws, um, water resources steps have been have been fine have been taken to to protect water resources in Jamaica. Right. Can you tell us some explain some of those steps that we've taken over the years to protect the on the water resources? All right. Well. The very first thing is legis the legislation itself. And then emanating from the legislation now, what the legislation then requires is that persons who want to abstract water need to be licensed. So 
in that licensing process, what it means is that um, uh, the allocation now becomes um, streamlined and also the monitoring becomes streamlined. So the first thing is the allocation. We will do an assessment of an aquifer or a resource, stream, river, whatever it is. A number of persons may want to abstract water from that resource, a partic uh, particular water resource. It is our responsibility to, de to determine what is the safe amount that can be abstracted because you have to maintain, for instance, environmental flows so that the river stays alive, so that the fish and so on can live, and so that you know um, there are there, the, the environment. The environment is not negatively impacted. So one step is in that abstract that licensing process. So first of all, you have to have a license to drill a well. So anybody who is a well driller in Jamaica ought to have a well driller's license. Then moving on from that now, if somebody wants to either do some speculation or to go further ahead to drill a well, they have to apply for a permit to drill that well. And having received that permit now, they proceed with drilling. If they strike water and um, in, in a sufficient amount, then no, they will have to apply for a license to abstract that water. That license lasts for five years, it's renewable, and the renewal period comes around every five years. So that's the very first thing, really. Then now, physically, so that's through legislation and paperwork, and then physically now, um, when I will, especially with wells, when a well is being developed, when you're doing all the drilling and you're determining how much water, you know, you can safely get from it and all of that now. Um, at that time now, um, there will be, there will be um, levels set on how much can be abstracted. And the purpose of that is so that you don't over abstract from the resource because you're pulling water out of the ground and that water, for you to have continuity of, um, of the well, then the water has to be, the groundwater flow has to be such that it is replenishing that well. And if you, if you pull more than you are, if you pull at a rate that's greater than the rate at which you are replenishing, um, then you're going to run into problems. You're going to basically use up that fresh water. But even worse is that apart from using up your fresh water, what you end up doing also is pulling in seawater from anywhere in the island that you could don't, you don't have to be right on the coast to, for that to happen. Because just like, the, just like how the rivers flow to the sea, the groundwater also flows to the sea, um, flows out to the sea, into the marine environment. So you, you would then, you would then um, be pulling, pulling, because the well is pulling or sucking, let's put it that way. So you could then now end up pulling seawater. When you pull seawater into the aquifer now, what happens is now that basically that Africa, aquifer becomes um, contaminated with sodium and chloride, which is the salts and sea, major, major salt in seawater, sodium chloride. So right away you now you, you have a contamination problem. So that also now, so that, that 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 um that restriction on the levels of pumping and the rate of pumping helps to helps to um to to protect the water quality and quantity in the aquifer and then to further protect quality now another thing that is done now is um 
this now would be possible contamination from from the surface down so there would be restrictions on certain activities um, across aquifers for instance so for instance um we've we've had aquifers that have been damaged because of um percolation down into the aquifer of wastewater from pit toilets and so on so you know want to you know want to remedy that or you want to stop that so you we encourage for instance the construction of sewerage systems you know to, to take to, to sewer water away wastewater away so that it doesn't contaminate aquifers um industrial complexes for instance depending on what they are discharging they may be required to have treatment treatment plants um on site to treat their effluent if there's no sewage plant if there's no sewer system that can take it you know so and that happens also even with other developments even housing developments um the treatment has to be to what we call a tertiary standard so and at, at the in an environmental science at the tertiary standard of treatment of sewage it can then be discharged into the environment so these are the things that are done to then help to protect the 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 water reserves a lot of work and seemingly very expensive um i, I want to ask you though um <clears throat> how much is it that is extracted on a daily basis on a daily basis um from the from the from the from the groundwater abstracted daily would be roughly 2.4 million cubic meters and then you multiply that by um what 250 and you get roughly how many gallons so that is already telling you that is you know it's, it's a fantastic amount of water that's 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 um that's abstracted and it is abstracted uh, for different purposes it's abstracted for agricultural purposes domestic purposes industrial purposes so um what we're finding now formerly agriculture used most of the water reserves both water resources both ground and surface water resources but um with i would say with some amount of downturn downturn in agricultural activity um you we now find that um it is the domestic needs that are requiring the most water as a as opposed to agriculture formally so um for the domestic needs of the amount of the amount that i that that we're speaking of roughly half of it is for domestic needs um and then of the remaining half um about 80 percent is for agriculture and 20 percent is for industrial of the remaining half so what we're saying is that for um 40 percent 50% is for domestic, roughly 40% or 40% is for agriculture, and roughly 10% is for industrial at this time, in terms of using groundwater. This, this leads me to a very interesting question, because we are having more houses being built um, and um, that sort of thing. But we, we've seen, well, you talk about a reduction in, in agriculture, but we are also targeting not only increased agricultural, industrial, but we're also targeting increased um, domestic use. Mm -hmm. um, do we have enough water for that? Well, you have to look at it. And you have to. I I understand the 
the the immediate way of how you'd look at it because you're going to say you're building all of these houses where's the water going to come from but yes you're building houses the fact of the matter is that realistically we're not building people and it is the people that consume the water so it is the same amount of persons what you will expect is migration so if you now have a whole bunch of houses built up in kingston or out in bernard for instance you expect that people will migrate there but wherever they're coming from, they were needing water anyway. You follow me, Zadie? So what we're saying, what I'm saying is that is that what is the, the, the real, of course, the distribution of the water then now becomes an issue. So maybe your distribution system and network is set for a particular place. And then now because you have now, you're now moving the population to another place, then what it means then is that um, you now have to adjust or realign your distribution system now to bring the water to that point. But if, let us say, for instance, if all of the people are, are living in Spanish Town and you've set the system up for Spanish Town and then you move 40,000 people out to Bernard Lodge, it doesn't mean that you need water for 40,000 new people. What it means is that 40,000 people are going to move from Spanish Town into Bernard Lodge. I'm putting it very simply. Right? So that initial panic button that you'd, you'd rush to push, then maybe you, you, you kind of make your finger tremble over the button and you don't push it just yet because you realize that it's not a matter that you're needing additional water. What you're needing is water in a different place. Follow me? Yes, I follow you. And, and the follow-up question is, so why then are we, um, described as a water scarce country that is a, a un designation um of course we really don't we ourselves don't and that is using parameters particular parameters um included in that i think would be how water is distributed um so in the in the general in a general way we can confidently say that no jamaica is not a water scarce country because we do have quite a lot of water and a lot of water reserves. Now, as I said, the situation is where the water is distributed and who has the access to the water. And it is in that context that the UN now may come up with that, um, may come up with, you know, with that, with that um, designation. Our greater reserves, as you had said in a, in, um, you know, in a, in a preamble, our greater reserves, and we do agree that the greater reserves are groundwater reserves. Um, so for all of the rivers that you're seeing, and you can add up in Jamaica, and you know, people may know a few of these rivers, or most of these rivers, you know, the Great River, the Rio Grande, the Black River, the Rio Cobra, the Rio Bueno, um, Spanish River, Yalas River. If you add up all of those water that's passing through per day going to the sea, or for the year going to the sea, um, the, uh, the groundwater that's available um, for the same year is three to four times greater than all of that water. And that is why we say that the groundwater is absolutely important that we maintain, um, that, we, that, we, that we use from that. Yes, there's some energy costs in pumping. And that is why, generally speaking, we're saying that, no, we are not, we wouldn't say that we're water scarce. But we are um, is um, distribution elements scarce. So there's you know 
there's where, where the water is is not necessarily where the people are and then no, you know have to know eventually build out either in a great way sometimes um the the the, the system and network to to do that yeah, I get you. But there are some things that I'm seeing. You say looking into these, looking at these rivers. I, I, I can name three that I see mm -hmm. regularly: Yala, mm -hmm. Rio Cobre, and Rio. Um, what's that other one? Rio Mino. Mm -hmm. And these three, um, they seem to be running dry. I know there are silting problems, but um, they seem to be running very low. I'm in comparison to when I was a child or even 20 years ago. How do you all account right. for that? All right. Well, first of all, let us set some context. Um, the Rio Mino, especially the Rio Mino, where we normally see the Rio Mino, which is basically like going along there, the, the, the main road, uh, the Mapen, the Mapen bypass, going along, going along the road to go to go past Mapen and you go over that big bridge there. In that region, um, historically, the Rio Mino basically sinks in that region. So you hardly ever see it. It is only when we're having a, um, quite a lot of rain or flood rains that you then see that river. Um, it, it really actually sinks in that region. Now, the sink doesn't mean that it's not flowing. It just means that the flow is subsurface, all right? Um, and the Yalas River is pretty much the same thing in the region of um, in the region of the main road. Now, if you're up in the Landoy Ramble area, for instance, then it, those areas at those points along the river, people aren't really can't those people wouldn't contend that much. In in fact, yes, the river levels are lower now. Um, we're finding than they were, let us say. 25 years ago, 30 years ago. And that is a, that is a, um, that is a, a result of, you know, deforestation and other issues. We're also actually, you know, we do actually have more abstraction at points along these rivers. So um, with greater abstraction along the rivers, it means that water is being taken off, being taken off um, to serve other needs, domestic or agricultural needs. And, um, and so you don't see that normal, that flow that you'd have been used to 25, 30 years ago. So that's a fact. But at the same time, I'm just saying that it is not alarming. Okay, that, that, that kind of settles my heart, you know, because um, Jamaica is a land of wood and water. We lose yes, a lot yes, of yes. wood. So, I mean, I, I worked in NRCA, so I know um, the importance of keeping, you know, the watersheds covered and, and that sort of thing. Um, although, um, like I know for, from research um, that Kingston, the aquifers of Kingston and St. Andrew are almost dead in terms of portable water use. Um, how is it, or can you, can we as a country utilize that water say in industry or agriculture in at some point and how inexpensive or how expensive that is likely to be well when it comes to dollars and cents i won't be able to give you anything like that i can just give you a general you know ratios and so on 
Um, so you said that Kingston, the Aquifon, the Kingston and St. Andrew is basically dead. All right, let me dispel that. That aquifer is very much alive. The water is there. All right, so the aquifer is alive. Now, what has happened is, um, uh, and what, 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 two things we have to, con we're concerned with, with the aquifer, Qual quality and quantity. Now, after over 200 years of basically um, pit toilets and latrines in the Kingston and St. Andrew area, the aquifer has been contaminated. All right, so that speaks to what you were talking about, about the potability. And of course, in building out all of these hardscape areas in Kingston, roofs and roads and parking lots and everything, what it means is that you have a lot more runoff going to the sea than what will be percolating down into the aquifer. So right away, you are having impact on, you, you have impact on quality and you have impact on quantity. Now, the, the fact is that doesn't mean that the water cannot be made portable. What it means is that it's going to cost you a lot more in terms of treatment to make it portable. So rather than spend that kind of money, you look at alternative measures of trying to find sources of pristine or close to pristine fresh water and use that instead for, say, for let us say Kingston in this case, which is what was done. And what is continued to be done because even now um, the the Ministry of Economic Growth and Job Creation is, is working, is negotiating and working hard with um, the National Water Commission so that they can build out a plant, a water treatment plant on the, on the um, another a plant on the Rio Cobra, pipe water into, to pipe more fresh water into Kingston. All right. So the fact is that, I mean, there are persons who are independently tapping into this water, the same aquifer that you're talking about, that is not portable. And they have put in, for their purposes, um, treatment plants to bring it to the portable standard, either for, um, for, 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 what, for their own commercial purposes. So it is not that it could never be used. It's not that we have to think that we can only now try to convert it into like industrial use or agricultural use. It can be used. It's just, as, as I say, it's just a matter of the cost of treating it. Because even the freshest water when it is being produced and brought to us um, by the National Water Commission, for instance, they still do treatment because they do apply, for instance, they do, even when it's clear, that clean water, they apply chlorine as a prophylactic so that if something should happen to breach the pipeline, for instance, um, that when it comes to you at the top, it will have a small residual of chlorine that will then you know, knock out any, any germs or microbes that would, could have gotten into the system after leaving the plant on the way to your uh, the customer. So that is the situation there. Um, now, we, have to, we are concerned with quantity because, as we say, with all the hardscape, there is less infiltration of water into the groundwater, into the aquifer, and more is, is being run off. More is, is running off. So there are wells that are active on this aquifer. All right, and these, these active wells, what we're looking at is that we're not looking to put any more wells. Because we're basically, we'll put a moratorium on the drilling of any wells on the aquifer because we think we're at that balance where if we remove any more, um, the rate of removal may be greater than the rate of infiltration. And then now we'll come to the point that you're talking about, which is the aquifer gone dead. And now a word from our sponsors. John John, I know you're in there. I want to know when lights come back. I 
Pinky this time. Akeisha. Keisha. Just like me tell Pinky. Give GPS your number and then we'll send your text with them things here. So you can't stop, knock me door. What you mean? DM or call JPS and tell them to add your phone number to your account and you will know everything all the time. You're not for ask. Send your current contact information and always be in the know. Visit jpsco.com for more info. A toast only works if it's shared with others, even when we're miles apart. So let's cheer each other on. Cheers to the best in life. Drink and live responsibly. A message from Red Stripe, part of the Heineken Company. Searching for a one-stop solution to all your facilities maintenance needs? Visit Manpower Maintenance Services Sales and Distribution Center. We stock a wide range of COVID-19 washroom cleaning and other supplies, gardening tools, chemicals, and more. Our experts are always ready to give you the best advice. Manpower Maintenance Services Sales and Distribution Center, 14 Collins Green Avenue, Kingston, Freeport Commercial Center, Montego Bay, and 33 Ward Avenue, Mandeville. Visit or call us today, 876-920-47215. Welcome back to our podcast. Okay, thanks for that clarification. I was thinking, um, yes, uh, as you were talking about, I know of some industrial complexes that are operating their own wells. for, mm-hmm. And, and um, of course, yes, cleaning is, is expensive. And mm-hmm. I'm also thinking out in Rockfort, where mm-hmm. the, the, the well had sucked in a lot of um, salt water and, and had to be kept. So... Um, I, mm. I, I see examples as you talk, as you know, all over the island. The greatest user of water overall is the non-consumptive user, the person who is just borrowing the water and putting it back, actually, believe it or not. So we, it is roughly um, two, and a half, two and a half billion cubic meters of water that are abstracted annually, used annually, whether groundwater or surface water. And of that 2.5 billion, 1.1 billion is being used for non-consumptive purposes. Who is that? Most most of it is being used by JPS in their um, in their hydroelectric plants. So they are not they're not consuming the water. The water runs through the plant, spins the turbines, generates the electricity, and then goes back to the river system. Okay? So they're the largest user, but not, but not the largest consumer. And then now, in terms of consumption now, um, they, they, um, the, the domestic still, generally across the board, the domestic still outweighs the agriculture at this time and the industrial. Right. Interesting, interesting. Um, I'm learning things I never learned before. Now, um, we know that what Kingston is probably pushing about 900,000 residents. Then there's Portmore, um, Bernard Lodge will come up next. But we have places like Montego Bay, um, Ocho Rios. Um, how are, are they impacted in, in terms of the water supplied? I mean, people talking about cockpit country supplying two thirds of the country. First of all, is that correct? And second- uh, roughly 40% of the water in, uh, in, in, in the, in, roughly 40% of the water 
of the surface water, the rivers um, emanate from the corporate country. So what you find, so in other words, let's say they start going around the coast. So the Rio Bueno, um, the, the, the Great River, the, the, um, the Cabarita River, the Black River, all of these, the heads, the head of these rivers are in Coptic country. It's a significant amount of water. So a significant amount of water um, is captured within the Coptic country. And then depending on how, they, how they, um, the terrain is, will determine if it's going to flow and eventually become the Martha Bray or the Great River or the Rio Buena or the Black River or whatever. No, um, in terms, we, we, the, the shortages that we see in Kingston um, every day. Now, as the, the man responsible for, I, I'm going to call you that, even give you that title, the man responsible for acquiring that water, or allocating that water. Um, how soon can we expect to see, you know, some of these shortages eased? As you, I just want to say, with regards to the corporate country, that is why we at the Water Resource Authority are, are absolutely happy that the government has finally taken the steps to protect the corporate country. We are absolutely happy about that. The fact is that what you're asking really is a, a question that has to be answered by the utility companies. Um, and there are more people that, that supply and produce, su produce and supply water than the National Water Commission. There are private suppliers as well, plus the municipal corporations also um, produce and supply water. Now, in terms of the, when you say, when, when shortages will ease, as I said, that is a utility question. Because, I mean, we could look at a utility and say, listen, we could look at the Water Commission and say, and we have done it actually, we have said that, listen, the Rio Bueno in St. Anne has a sufficiency of water that can basically um, that can basically solve the Kingston problem for the next you know 50, 70 years. But then again, you're talking about to put in the infrastructure to pump and trans and convey water from St. Anne to Kingston. Okay, so our job is not to determine the, 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 the economic viability of moving over. Our job is to say, this is where it is, and this is the amount you can get. It's as simple as that, because we are not a utility company. We are a regulator of the resource. So we would say, don't take any more from that river. You know, need to go to that river. Or don't take any more from that well field. You know, need to build out a new well field. It's not our fault if that well field or that river is further from where you want to distribute it. You have a choice now. You're either going to move people to the water or you're going to move water to the people. I get you. So the, the idea that we don't have enough water is a fallacy. It's just based on the fact that we, it's not, a water issue it's a resource issue it's no no it's not a resource issue it's a it's a location issue it is right, so, when, I say, a, when i say so, resources so i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't dispel it as a fallacy because it's all in context all right so if you look at it in the context somebody is having a water problem they're living on hagley park road 
and they're having a water problem. It's no fallacy for them. They are having a water problem. All right. Now, um, the, the, as I say, the, the, the challenge is the challenge is now to then go to to now take the resource and bring that resource to where it's needed. And that's the challenge. When, when I said resources, oh, let me clarify. I was thinking of, but you know, cross, cross, um, um, when you cross terms over, it, it becomes confusing. But I, I, was, I should have said a financial issue because- Yeah, yeah, had, yeah. Yes. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, a financial, financial resources, exactly. Not water, right, right, right. You see, when you say right away, when I hear resources, I just think of water, right? I, 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 I get that, yeah. It's a, a it, it's, it, it's a financial issue and um, yeah, depending yeah, yeah. on how much is available for investment. Exactly. Yeah. And it's the same issue with cleaning the water that you, you use in, in Kingston. I have one more question for you. And um, <laughs> it has to do with the recharging of wells and, and aquifers. Tell me a little bit about that, how it works, and um, why do you, why, why are people doing that? All right. It is called artificial recharge. It's called, and in, in most cases, you, it's not, well, the aquifer gets recharged naturally. Rain falls and the rain, you know, settles on a plane on a flat area and eventually soaks down into the ground and goes on to the aquifer and that's normal recharge and that is how aquifers are maintained because all of the water that we are seeing and this is why you must never discount rain and we take rain for granted and we discount rain in the greatest way because all of the rivers that we are seeing and all of this groundwater that i've been talking about was once rainfall we have no other source of water other than rainfall. We have no other source of precipitation other than rainfall. So all of these rivers that are continuously flowing, it is rainfall. And it's just how the geology and the soil and rock structures that retains the rain when it soaks into the ground and then is able to release it and maintain the rivers rather than it just rushing out all at once. So, um, and I'm going to, still answer your question about artificial recharge but i'm saying and that is why for instance you find so i'm going to get your artificial recharge but since we're just talking about the rain and the importance that is why for instance um in 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 portland Saint, and parts of saint andrew saint thomas and so on because those are hard rocks volcanics in those mountains what you find is that the rainfall um the, the, the rivers have greater flash flood and then you know um subside while in the in the cockpit country now, which is the limestone and the rocks with the cracks and the fissures and all of that the water gets a chance to soak in it's almost like the limestone is like spongy so it can soak in and retain the water better and that is a part of the importance of that area all right now in terms of the artificial recharge or aquifer recharge and this is now we're talking about managed one a managed one it means that you are doing something to make the water go into you're, you're helping that direction. You only have really, you have very few, few sources of water to do this. You have river water, you have uh, our surface water, you have river water, you have um, runoff water, and you have waste water, all right? You really don't have any other water that you'd want to turn into, turn back into the ground. 
of course, there's issues with the wastewater. You'd want to treat because you're usually your aquifers are pretty clean. So it means that you would have to, you'd have to be cleaning that, that, that wastewater up to a high degree and standard for that, for you to be confidently doing that, which you don't want to go there necessarily unless it's your very last option. Um, and the same thing with surface water. The surface water will still be carrying a lot of, um, you know, uh, issues. So that is why for our system, we have a managed artificial recharge system out in Innswood in St. Catherine. And that system um, is using river water. So what's convenient for, for the location is that the National Irrigation Commission, they take water from the, um, from the rear cobra and then now they distribute that water through a canal system to, 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 to farmers. However, the farmers don't necessarily always need the water. So rather than that water now running to the sea, what we've done is we've, we have an arrangement with the National Irrigation Commission and they supply the excess water into the artificial recharge. And the water goes through a, a process there but it's not a chemical process. It's all a, it's all a, it's a physical and and um and natural, I would say biological process, uh, because the water gets drawn off from the canals. It goes through settling so that if there is any 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 sediments or anything, they will settle out, and it goes through natural wetlands that have been built. So after the wet the wetlands now will remove the nitrogen, the potassium, the and the phosphorus and so on and then after that now the water now goes to be injected into the into the aquifer it's injected at specific points it's injected at sinkholes that are existing in the area so again the area was particularly selected for this activity so there are sinkholes nearby so it's injected into the, so pipes run and the pipes actually turn it you actually turn the pipe mode down into the sinkhole and as the water is running out of the pipe, it's going down into the sinkhole, into the ground, to the aquifer. Or there are, there are a couple of abandoned wells in that area. And those wells were pumping from the aquifer. So clearly the wells, if you turn the water in, in, in the reverse direction, now the water will definitely reach the aquifer because the well was pumping from the aquifer. So you're, you're guaranteed that you're getting the water into the aquifer. So that system can treat um, anywhere up to 8 million gallons a day. Um, not that we get 8 million gallons a day normally. Um, on good days, maybe the, the NIC is able to send down 4 or 5 million gallons per day. And that goes down into the aquifer on a, on a, on a regular basis. The idea behind doing it now is one, to maintain the, 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 the aquifer. And what's the problem? The problem is that with all the wells that are there in that area, you will find that, um, and this is before even 1995 when the Water Resources Act, um, when people could just drill a well and, and, and start pumping, that there was some compromise with regards to water quality. They were, they were, they were pulling the seawater towards the, towards the wells. So the idea now is that this fresh water can push back the seawater. That's one thing. The second thing is that excess water, um, you can store it underground. Because when you build above ground storage, um, your evaporation levels are very high, especially in a country like Jamaica. And when you have a, a, above ground storage, a lot of it is actually evaporated. So this way, you know, you, you store it underground 
and then you, re you recover it or retrieve it as, as needed. So those are the two main reasons for building it. And of course, uh, you, you know, you know um, also help to maintain the, the aquifer itself um, so that you have, you know, you have, um, you have a, you have a bank of water that is, that is available for you to withdraw from. So that is all a part of it. And in a sense, that's what, that's what, that's what um, artificial recharges. Okay. Cause I was um, a little, a little bit concerned because that uh, method was proposed by one hotel for treating um, for for um, put, getting rid of some of the, the water that they were going to put run through their treatment plant. Um, oh no, that's different now. That's disposal. Yes. That's disposal. So that's not aquifer recharge. No, they wanted to do a recharge, some kind of recharge, which is pumping it into the ground in a similar way that you were suggesting. Right, but they are disposing. What they are doing is they are disposing of wastewater. Okay. Yes? Right, and that yeah. happens. Yes, that that happens. That happens. So hotels along the coast, quite a few hotels along the coast. So you have three types of wells. Eh? You have production wells that are producing something, water, oil, or gas, or whatever. All right. You have monitoring wells, which are just drilled, and um, all you're doing is you're using those to monitor water quality. You know, they're not you're not taking any water away to go distribute it anywhere. So you're using it to monitor water quality or monitor water quality. All right, so um, it will be in an aquifer where you are, where you are pumping and so on. So you just want to know, no, you want to use this, this to determine how much water is drawing on or what the quality is. And finally, you have disposal wells. So wells are drilled for three purposes, for production, for monitoring, or for disposal. And disposal wells now are used to dispose of, for instance, um, treated effluent and all this kind of thing. Yeah, we do have disposal wells in Jamaica. Um, of course, you don't have them on your aquifers. So these disposal wells are right on the coast. So in other words, there are locations where if you were to pump the water, you'd be pumping seawater. Even though it's coming from deep, you'd be pumping seawater. So in that case now, um, those wells are allowed because you're not doing any, you're not damaging the aquifer. Thank you for that one, because it alarmed me when I heard it. All right, no, so- Yeah, you have to, let's put it this way. If it was, it alarms you because you've heard it. But if you sit down and think about it, um, the fact that you don't hear people like us making up any, or NEPOC, for instance, um, because you have to apply to us. You have to, you have to clear us with that. You have to clear NEPOC with that because wherever you want to dispose of it, we have to first um, do that examination of the geology and everything to determine that, it is, that there's no aquifer there to be damaged and all of that, all right? So um, the, the fact that you, you did not, um, for instance, start writing an article about it means that somewhere in the back of your mind, you have some trust in the system that either it's not happening or if it's happening, it's not dangerous. Anyway, I want to ask you to, to give us, uh, the general public, some of your advice on how to protect our water um and preserve the water so first of all the fact that i spoke about a licensing system doesn't mean that someone in general public if they're living along a river couldn't couldn't or, or whatever couldn't use water because the the act does uh, does acknowledge or allow for um the that, that casual domestic user 
So if you're using it for domestic purposes to bring water into your kitchen and your bathroom and all of that and to water your little cabbages and your little better cabbage and your 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 your, your fatty chickens in the in, in the pole cup, that's fine. You're allowed to do that without licensing. If you now turn that 40, that 40 chicken fall cub into a 4,000 chicken fall cub, now you're gone. Commercial. You can't now claim that you're going 4,000 chicken or you're going to eat the extra. You're now in business. So you've gone now from a domestic use to a commercial use. You now need to get licensed. So it's not that every single person has to get licensed. All right? There is a, the, the, act does, the act does allow for. And because the reality is that a lot of people in Jamaica still don't have a conventional water supply system and are depending on the spring or going to the river or whatever the situation is. So that's where that is. Now, what can people do? First of all, we can always reduce our use of water because the less you use, the more is retained for future use. So what I mean is that, um, you know, take shorter showers. Use, use, use water saving devices, install water saving devices in, in the bathroom and the kitchen, you know, low flush toilets and, you know, all of these kinds of things. Um, in your simple way, reuse wastewater. All right. So um, water from the kitchen, for instance, you could probably channel that to your, to, to your, to, to your garden beds or something like that, or somewhere that you can then tap it off. Um, tap it off and, and use it uh, for irrigation. Um, capture, set up, set up something, set up something to capture some race, some rainwater. Because people say that in some states in the United States, you can't capture rainwater because you're intercepting the water that's going to the ground. But in our situation, um, because of, because of either the, the, the interspersed way we live, on the hill, in the hills, for instance, and so on. Whatever water you're capturing is not not even a drop in the bucket compared to what is actually still available to get into infiltrate and to maintain rivers and all of that. So we have no problem with advising people to capture rainwater and save that water. I can't say for a rainy day, save that water for a non-rainy day. All right. Um, those are those are two very simple, two very you know, two very simple concepts. Are the, Two very simple concepts: reducing, reducing um, your 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 use in, in, in water, and also capturing rainwater, and and of course reusing what you can reuse. So you know that, that those are three concepts right there that the average person can the average person can do. Um, you'd be surprised that drip 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 from the leak, um, a leaking tap is 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 it, it adds up to all of these things so look around fix leaks and so on mr peter clark managing director of the water resources authority thank you very much for talking with us um, as we celebrate or mark um, world water day impact in jamaica is powered by the philip and christine gore family foundation manpower and maintenance services limited the jamaica public service company red stripe Caramed and Proven Investments Limited. If you or anyone you know is involved with projects and activities that excite, motivate, and encourage, send us an email to impactingjamaica at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Do join us again for another in the series on Google Podcast, Audible, Spotify, Podcast Addict, and Stitcher. You can also visit us at impactingjamaica.com.